podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. got your Bibles with you today. We're going to have a look at Mark uh, chapter 10 and we're going to start at verse 17. These last few weeks have seen A-levels and GCSE and BTEC results come out. Um, Not obviously under normal circumstances by any means. And it's been, I would imagine, Um, a really anxious time for so many young people, a very nerve-wracking time, a time of of worry. And it's important for us to say today, well done to all of those that have received results over the past few weeks. Um, Well done and uh, get ready, expectant to step into the next chapter which is to come. All of what's happened over the past couple of weeks has really got me thinking, though, about where we find as people our value, our worth, even our identity. Where do we find that? And young or old, it really doesn't matter because there are times in our lives where we go through the cycle and it rolls to the forefront of our mind. Who am I? What is my value? What is my worth? And sometimes it's at the back of our mind and we perhaps don't give it as much time or thought as we have done in the past. We can allow, it's fair to say, so many outside influences try to determine or shape our value, our worth and our identity. We've heard so much over the past couple of weeks about algorithms and postcodes. And I wasn't even sure algorithm was a word up until a couple of weeks ago, but maybe that's just me. Um, but we've heard, haven't we, how it depended perhaps where you were, where you lived and, and the outcome then of, of what was going to happen. And of course, things have, have changed and seemingly rightly so. And it's really tough, isn't it? Because in those moments, we can start to place worth and value on our circumstances and our situation. And the outside influences begin to creep in and they can easily place a value on us. And it goes both ways, it's fair to say, and and, and everywhere in between. I can think, well, I'm this and I'm that and I'm from here and look what I've done and I'm the best. And it can be right at the other end of the spectrum, which is, don't look at me, I'm I'm simply just not worth it. The places we look for our value and worth can vary significantly. And when a new chapter approaches, which it is going to for so many of you and so many of us, then it can have a a, a huge effect on the way that we step into. We can go searching for our value and our worth in maybe all the wrong places, not in healthy places by any means. And we can find ourselves in a mess if we're not careful. 
We're encouraged. Um, I remember as a, a young person once upon a time, <laughs> we're encouraged as young people to visualise where we see ourselves in five to ten years. There's pressure, I guess, on young people to, to have that in mind. What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you're older? What do you want to achieve? If, if you go here and you do this, then what's that going to do for you in the coming years? And on the most part, it's fair to say that that is good. It's good to have goals and ambitions and drive to get yourself to where you'd like to be. But I want to add something to that today, if you'll allow me. Life throws at us so many variables and so many crossroads and junctions. And if we've learned anything over the, the past six months, and, and I pray that we have, um, then if we have learned anything, it, it's that nothing on this world, in this world, seems to be certain. There is something, though, that is certain. And we're going to come to that as we go through these verses together. Allow me then, if you will, today to look at this account of a wealthy man coming to Jesus. Mark chapter 10, as I've said, verse 17 through 22. And that will be up on the screen for you. Um, so he says this, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. And I'll let you think about that. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud and honour your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Now, you'll know if you've been tuning in over the past weeks and months that I, I like to put myself in the story. I like to get myself in the position and try and see what's going on around about me. That's the way that I like to, to view the Bible. That's the way I like to look into the Bible when I study it, whether I'm just reading it. I try to put myself in the picture to enable me to see perhaps what's going on and the, the thoughts and the feelings and all the things that are, are going on in and around this situation. I like to think then that this wealthy man had a 10-year plan. He got it all laid out. He knew what he wanted to achieve and there was nothing going to stop him getting to those goals. He knew what he wanted, where he wanted to be and he was dead set on making that. I guess if you look at this, the man's in a position where he's recorded in the very word of God as a wealthy man. He probably thought in his own mind, I've made it. I, I, I've made it. And then all of a sudden, one of these variables comes along. A crossroads appears, a junction, and there is a choice to be made. The man has seen Jesus, 
And Jesus has been teaching his disciples while the children have been around him, teaching them that faith like one of these will enable us to trust God and put him first in our lives, make him Lord of our lives. A childlike faith that trusts. And as he's seen that, in the previous story, you'll be able to read that in the account of Mark. Is he seen that? And he's understood to what he can. He's found himself in a position where he's maybe taken stock of all that he's got. He's maybe taken stock of all that he's achieved. And he's, he's sort of working his way through it and thinking, well, that eternal life sounds like something I don't have. <laughs> all I've got, yet I haven't got that. Well, he's got to do something about it. And that's exactly what he does. He goes to the source. Now, that, that is a great starting point. In fact, the only starting point. He goes to the source. The Bible's already told us he's a wealthy man. We can deduce from that that he's smart. He's got business acumen. He knows what he wants and he goes out to get it. He's understood that this is the place I need to go if I want to get what he's talking about and I gotta to go to him because he's the one talking about it. And he goes uh, to Jesus in verse 17, he says, good teacher, he says, what must I do? And if you're an underliner, underline the I. He says, what must I do? Because that has huge significance on what happens and the man's choice as we go through the story. He says, what must I do? He's so used to achieving and gaining uh, for himself that he thinks, if I just go and get the formula off this guy, if I just get the formula, then I'll gain the insight and I'll just go ahead and possess it. I'll just go ahead and get it because that's what I do. I, I know how to get, I know how to achieve, so I'm just gonna go and get it. And Jesus outlines the commandments that are between people, between man and woman, man and man, woman and woman. He, he outlines these commandments. And the man is like, yeah. Good teacher, he said, I, I, I've done this since I was a boy. Ha. He feels like he's won. He's like, if that's it, nailed it. You know, he's so confident. He's like, listen, verse 20, teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. And then reality quickly follows. Verse 21, Jesus says, one thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. <laughs> well, now what? You see, because the truth of the matter is, as we know, the man is a wealthy man and his value, his worth, his identity is found in what he has, what he's achieved, what he has in the bank. That is where he is, that is him. He is known by his wealth. And he's found now in a position where 
he thinks, well, how can I possibly achieve this? It's impossible. I have, as he sees it, I have so much to lose and so little to gain. I have so much to lose and so little to gain. How twisted the man's thinking was. We can be blinded, can't we, by the value and the worth and the identity that we put on ourselves if we're not careful and we can miss the point. And it says in verse 22, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. He went away sad because he had great wealth. He went away sad because he had great wealth. He went away sad because he had great wealth. It seems confusing to us, doesn't it? But you see, he went away sad because he'd missed how Jesus had looked at him. He went away sad because his worth was placed in the wrong place. He went away sad because his identity was misplaced. He went away sad because his value was in the wrong place. He went away sad because he had missed how Jesus had looked at him. Now I missed this little line out as I read it to you just. Verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus looked at him and loved him. The man's failures, the man's flaws, his misguided thinking, his achievements even, his success and all that he gained, they all had absolutely no bearing on the love that Jesus had for him. Failures, flaws, success, achievement, Jesus looked at him and loved him. It's fair to say that we can achieve so much. We can gain so much. We can also lose so much. We can miss so much and we can fail at so much, but God's love for us never changes. His love for us never changes. His love isn't based on what we've done or who we are. His love is based on who he is. Not based on who we are, what we've done, what we could achieve, but it is based on who he is. 1 John 4 and verse 16 clearly tells us that God is love. Therefore, we know as we understand his word that he loves because he is love. And nothing that I could do, nothing how good I could be, is never going to change the fact of how God loves me. He couldn't love me any more and he couldn't love me any less. He loves me. Jesus here looked at the man and loved him even with all his mistakes that we've seen today, even with all his success that we've seen today, Jesus looked at him and loved him regardless of anything else. He loved him. So we have that choice to make today. 
We have our aims and our ambitions and our desires and our status. But we have to start at the source. We have to position ourselves in the right place. We have to find ourselves at the source. We have to start with God. And we find our identity in him. We know our value and our worth because we are worth our creator's very best in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our value, our identity and our worth is found in him. And we're to come to the source and to come to the creator. And then we know, we find that we are loved and he's given his best for us. The man in this account that we see recorded for us today wanted to receive eternal life as though it was something that he could achieve or he could acquire and buy. The Bible tells us it's a free gift. Paul records for us, it's a free gift of God. Salvation is a free gift, not by works so that any man could boast, but a free gift from God. And that is what God has done for us. That's what's on offer for you and for me today as we put our faith and our trust in him, as we put him number one in our lives and we know that we are loved and that we're his and that he'll never let us go. We have to go to the source. You can come away then in those moments when we've been to our creator, when we've spent time in his presence, we come away with a smile on our face, with joy in our hearts, knowing that we are loved beyond measure, knowing that we, as we have trusted in him, are a child of God. In a world of uncertainty and change, we can be rooted in him. We can be loved. We can know that our identity is fixed. We can know that we are his children. We can know that our lives then are in his hands. And so much change and so much uncertainty in the world that we see before us, whether you've just passed your exams or whether you're in a position where your job has come to an end because of what's going off, you find yourself now in a place where you need some certainty and some reassurance. And this is the place, as you come to the source, you've realized that you are loved that the creator has his hand on you. And as you read what he records for us in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, a verse that we've put on our social media over the past week as a church, uh, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Verse 12, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. The prophet Jeremiah here is saying to us, listen, go to the source, seek him with all your heart. And when you do, you will find him. 
And in those moments then, we will call on him, we can pray to him, and we can be absolutely certain that his ear is attentive, he is listening, and he is ready to step in and up for us. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we want to share with you. There is no better starting point than at the source. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word and we just pray, Lord, that you would just speak into our lives. Father, speak into our hearts. All those that have tuned in today, I just pray that you would just have your hand upon them, you speak this word over their lives, that Father, they would understand that as we come to the source, that we, as we put our faith and our trust in him, that we are saved, redeemed, set free. And we ask, Lord, that you would just speak into our lives, Lord, give assurance and calm in, in, a, in a, a world that's full of so much confusion and uncertainty. Lord, just bring that certain rock of salvation that we would just know that you have everything in control, that you have everything in your hands. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for its encouragement. And we just pray, Lord, that you'll continue to help us and shape us and mould us into what you want us to be. We pray again, Lord, for all those that are suffering at the moment still with this virus throughout the world, that you just have your hand upon them. And we think about uh, the, the medical science, Father, as a, um, a vaccine is, is getting closer and closer. And we just pray, Lord, that you would just have your hand upon that and that you would bring success into those moments. And that, Lord, that we'd soon have a vaccine for this disease. We just thank you that you know us, that you love us, that you want the best for us. Help us, Lord, to just come to the source, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So, church, thank you so much again for tuning in online today. Um, I want to just let you know as well that as a church, we are celebrating towards the, the back end of this month our 10th birthday. Um, believe it or not, Hope Church will be 10 years old. It's staggering to think. I mean, when you look at the crater that's appeared across my forehead, you can see that there's been some uh, interesting times, but it's been a fantastic journey. The Lord has blessed us so much, and I may have got older, but his word is so fresh and so new. And then I just uh, continue to, to speak his love over each person who comes in or spends time online uh, with Hope Church. If you've been to Hope Church, if you've tuned in over the past months, um, if you've celebrated with us in any way over the 10 years, I'd love you to just uh, make comment on the bottom of this video. Just share with us and we, we'd love to hear some stories. We know that the Lord has been doing amazing things. We're so grateful for all that he's enabled us to do. And we look forward with expectation at what's coming, but we look forward to another 10 years, what the Lord's got in hand in his will, and we just pray that he'll continue to bless us as his church. So thank you again, keep tuning in, and God willing, we'll see you all soon. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.